Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the Late Night Football Show with your host, Rohit Singh. That's me. On this show, we talk about some of the most serious, least silly topics from the world of football for your entertainment and enjoyment. Please remember that the show is BYOL. Bring your own laughs, since we don't have the budget for a studio audience. Happy listening. Hello everyone and welcome to Late Night Football. Two, two brilliant games today that we're actually going to review. And uh, I, think, I think if we can talk about uh, the last few games being, uh, you know, uh, the games where you look at and you say, that's how you attack or that's how you defend. I think today is a game for every defender to watch and say, that's not what you do. <laughs> and then again, that's only not what you do. I think that's, that's what I think. Um, but we've got, we've got uh, two great people today with us to analyze uh, the games. Uh, we've got Shashi. Uh, Shashi, welcome to the show. First time. Thank you. Uh, Manchester United so fan. He's smiling. Uh, and we also got Angad, uh, a Chelsea fan. Also first time here on the show. Welcome, Angad. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you and we've got so much to get into. Uh, so let's let's start with the first game. Let's start with Man United, with Brighton, Manchester United. Um, I, I tell you what, this is a different vibe to this show compared to what we had last time. I don't know if you guys watched the United reaction show. Uh, it's totally, uh, totally different. We weren't smiling. <laughs> but today we are kind of smiling. Uh, Sashi, what were your thoughts on the game overall? First half was quite forgetful, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the same team from the last weekend there was no intensity and uh, seeing the team felt as if they are relying on the other player to do something and when like for instance Bruno was trying to find one Bisaka and Rashford at times but there was no sync between them uh, pass was going one way the run was going the other way so first half was quite forgetful the goal that we scored uh, rather uh, was uh, Brighton scored for us we did not deserve to be honest but yeah, uh, probably going uh, level at halftime uh, gave the uh, gave the guys a bit boost, and that we saw when we came out in the second half. Uh, the intensity was there, the uh, willingness to attack was there, and it showed in the end. But that uh, unfortunate penalty just pegged us back. But just when you thought, probably for the first time in Premier League or any football since VR has come, your full time whistle has gone. And then the decision has been reversed. The players come back onto the field, take the penalty, and just yeah, lucky oh, to wow. get the win. Lucky yeah, to it get was interesting. And that you saw you saw Chelsea against Brighton. You saw that game. Were you surprised yeah. um, with the amount of chances that Brighton created? I mean, they had like five shots on the post. Uh, they well, they scored two goals. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, were you surprised with that at all? Are you surprised just to know that they created so many chances? Uh, to be honest, um, I think for United they've. They've had a rusty start. They've had a long season, you know, last season. So I think it was kind of expected that when they would come into the new season, they would struggle. You know, that was a given. The first, the first couple of games, definitely they would struggle. I mean, you could see, um, you know, they were even struggling to go forward. You know, so I'm, I'm not really that surprised. I mean, all, all these teams, you know, Spurs, um, you know, United, Chelsea, they're all going to take time to kick in. 
you know the season there's there's not been any preseason for this so mm-hmm. i'm i'm not i'm not really surprised and and these these teams have had a very long season you know and on the other end if you see brighton palace so all these are the teams they've they've not had that big a big season really so they've they've had that time to you know adjust and recover really for sure so yeah definitely yeah. let's let's talk well about uh, let's talk about the game itself and uh, first off uh, sashi were you surprised uh, i was surprised to see victor lindelof start i kind of expected paul pogba to start but most people didn't expect were you, were you surprised to see lindelof and pogba starting in a way uh, if you hear only talk about bai and maguire's partnership all through the week it uh, gave you a hint that uh, bai and maguire were destined to start but then again it's eric bai he has played a game in a week so asking him to play twice in space of 3 4 days is asking a lot of his fitness and asking maybe play one game a week is a basic yeah, thing <laughs> yeah and also lindelof was under immense fire throughout the week from the fans and the experts so probably ole just gave him an arm around the shoulder and said look i got you you are playing and just get your confidence back because in the longer scheme of things having lindelof uh, fit confident is key if you are not adding any central defender in the season so you need a confident uh, lindelof going into the season because we are playing champions league and probably in europe uh, ole might uh, chop and change with the three man defense that we saw in the last 5 minutes of the game today itself so you need a confident lindelof in your side so this was just a way to uh, say to bai you played a game take a rest let me uh, get lindelof's confidence back and then we'll see in the next game how it goes mm, first goal um I know one person who would be smiling when that that first goal and that was a penalty. That was Adar. She predicted that there would be one penalty in this game. He actually got it wrong. He, we get we two, but the first one uh, was it a penalty, Sashi? Do you? It was. It was clear penalty. Yeah. Uh, there was a there was a there was a collision. Yeah. Bruno was on the other side of the things this time, not getting a penalty, rather giving it away. So you can say the curse of 2020 has finally struck on him as well, giving away penalty rather than winning one. But yeah, it was a clear pen. and uh, the way he took it he sent the other wrong way and then panic and just 1-0 yeah titan deserved uh, that lead yeah to be sure. um normally we analyze a lot of the you know try to analyze every goal but there's so many goals i don't think we can get to each one and they all pretty much seem fairly straightforward with a lot of bad defending i think yeah. it was consistent on all the goals it was the brighton mm-hmm. ones the united ones there was a lot of bad defending um angad We'll talk about this because it's not the goals, but five shots on the on on the post, right, for Brighton. Now, yeah. granted, yeah. it's a bit exaggerated because some of them there probably had them covered if they were a bit in or out. So, but still, yeah. fifty-fifty couple yeah, of shots. I, mean, I don't think I don't think he had he had no, it not covered. all of them. There was a couple that he was flat-footed, yeah. especially in the second half. I think the first half there hmm. were one or two that if it was in, he probably would have saved it. Hmm. I don't know. Sure. There's the hair. We don't know. He might just even push it into the net. <laughs> um, but Angad, it's. was it was it bad was it bad luck or was it bad shooting when you, when you see a team having five shots on the post do you call it bad luck or do you, at what point do you call it bad shooting it's it's 50-50 you know it's it's like on on your day they'll go in when it's not your day it's it's just going to go out so sometimes it could be uh, maybe bad shooting to a bit because obviously uh, you know that's that's what they practice you know they always practice uh, in the training ground so but i would say it's down to luck i mean those those kind of things those moments which happen on the field you cannot replicate that on on the training ground really you know on the training ground you have that kind of time and space to shoot and practice but these these kind of shots they are they are on the spur of the moment so it's 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 a 50 50 for me i'd say 
Yeah, for sure. Well, that's something for Graham Potter to work on because uh, you don't get five chances in a game like that against, you know, Man yeah. United, even if, you know, they suck at the moment, but still. Um, so actually, let's talk about the, let's start with the final moments and we'll start with the, with the, with Brighton's equalizing goal. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Talk. You know. What do you think of the defending for that goal for Manchester United point of, point, point of view? To be honest, we should not be surprised seeing them defend like this. Uh, we are kind of uh, habituated seeing them making one defensive error per game, which eventually leads leads it to the goal. So that is not uh, you can say a surprising moment these days. You rather wait for it when it happens when the opponent team goes wide and they're trying to cross it out. You don't know. Some Lindelof might stick it back of the net. Maguire might miss it. If Brandon Williams is playing, he might not. Uh, he might might lose his man altogether. So we see that symbolic defending week in week out, and probably we have to get uh, habituated to it unless we sign some uh, powerful central defenders this window. It's not going to happen this window. Let's yeah. That's not. That's not going to happen this window. No defenders <laughs> coming this window. But interesting as well because you've got five defenders. So. You would assume that somebody is going to go out to meet the cross, and then somebody will, you know, be at the back post, you know, the, because it goes right to the other wing back. So you expect yeah. one wing back to the to stop the cross, or the other wing back should should clear there it. Were, there, were, there, were, there were two errors in that goal. First of all, I think uh, I don't. I personally do not want to be harsh on Maguire because he. I think he gets a lot of stick uh, in the social media and from the experts because of the U- price tag that United paid for him. But uh, he could have got his head on the ball. I think yeah. uh, I don't think there was a very uh, bad distance. Uh, let's just say he could have headed the ball, but then Eric Bai being Eric Bai, he does not do things simply uh, simplicity. So he had to do that Rabona kick and try to take the head of uh, his men. Would that have been a penalty? Because he, he pretty much kicked the head off of, of the attacker. I don't. Had Bai been success, had Bai been successful, I think the ball would have uh, cleared the penalty area and he would have got away with it. I think so. No, no, but because then, he, no, he, he missed the ball, so he hit the. Hit the I thought that would that would probably have been a penalty if it was not a goal <laughs> because he hit the person's head, the player's head. Anyway, that's Bay. Um, yeah. yeah, it it just landed kindly for uh, for the Brighton player, and we gave away goal so late. And normally you would say that heads were down. Uh, we kind of tried to attack, and then uh, the last minute instance, yeah, probably we can just start discussing it now. Yeah, let's talk about that because I was actually upset at Rashford because he had that before the before the corner. He actually had a simple pass to play to Van Dijk, yeah. and I was yeah. like, "That's an easy pass," and he, and he overhit yeah. it. Um, yeah, yeah. Was was the was, was the ball out of play? Was it a corner? Was it a a, a corner? It, it was, was a corner. Was it was a corner. He 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 had kept it in. He had kept, it kept it in, right? I, I didn't yeah. see that on the replay. So I'm, yeah, this is that's uh, okay. So so we know here that the that it was a corner. Um, I, okay. Was it a pen, let, let's start with this one first? Was it a penalty? Twelve months twelve months ago, no. But since the rules have been shoved down our throat so much in the last few months. That if you are a defender and uh, if the attacker has hit you, no matter the distance, it it could be one inch. It he's trying a shot and you have got your hands there, accidentally or not. The rules are clear. Like people like to say, rules are clear. If it hits your hand, it's a penalty. And we have seen what four or five incidents in the first three weekends now. So yeah, if uh, the earlier incidents were a penalty, this was also because the rules say so. Yeah, and that um. Is this was this tactically naive as well to have a striker? You know, because uh, yeah, the, the guy Mop is a striker. You're having a striker charge out to a defender. Was that was that just like tactically naive, or was that just you know wrong person in the wrong place, wrong time kind of thing? What, 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 yeah, I think I think it's 
uh, wrong person at the wrong place kind of thing yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and okay. So here's the thing. So some people are saying that there was two extra minutes added, whatever. You know, stoppage time is always a point of controversy. Uh, yeah. But the penalty was was, was still good. then. It's it's the minimum time added, not the not the final time. It's the minimum yeah. time added. Because yeah. what I was thinking was, as I saw Donny walk off, I was like, he's taking a very long time. Marcel's taking a very long time. He's got to add an extra minute. It worked out in yeah. United's favor. I was like, he's just yeah. adding an extra minute to it because he walked yeah. off in stoppage time. So you got 96 minutes, and then I put this that once you score a goal, you get another 30 seconds. So you got 96 and a half minutes minimum. The corner mm. conceded was in the 96th, 96 something, and it was 28, 29 something. So then you've got to play the corner at that point because you got to wait. So you play the corner, and then you get that get that uh, decision. So then that's how it goes. But obviously, you know, people, you know, troll whatever fans want to banter. I get it; it's banter. Um, but okay, uh, penalty. What do you think of that? It was, it was really cool, right? I mean, Bruno taking it. I it's. It's uh, it's interesting with Bruno, uh, because yeah, he's not take the penalty much, but guess what? He he takes them well. I mean, whatever whatever you say, he takes penalties well. He converts them. It's not easy. Try telling those people and uh, going up against a Premier League goalkeeper and take take a penalty. Half of them would even like uh, they'll be shaking in their pants. So Bruno has converted 18 of his last professional penalties. It's not a small thing to achieve. Yeah, and. With Bruno, you know, there's that kind of assurance that if he's on the spot, he would convert. Just like we are shaking when the opponents attack with our central defender, with Bruno, you know that the calmness is there. He'll convert. Eventually, he did, and lucky three points. But yeah, good to be finally on the board. For sure, yeah, and we'll talk about individual players now. Um, let's talk about Bruno because we start. We're talking about Bruno, so let's just continue on that. I didn't hear a good game. I thought he was yeah. pretty bad in the first half and wasn't that great in the second either. Some people said he was at fault for both the goals that were conceded. I don't know, second one maybe, uh, first one for sure. Um, but they were saying that he was the one who was supposed to mark uh, March. I don't know. Um, but nonetheless, uh, but still, he produces an assist and a goal. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's and a very good assist. That pass for Rashford's goal was brilliant. Yeah, and, and as well as it was his free kick that led to the the first goal as well. So yeah. he had a hand in all three goals, and that's kind of what Bruno is, isn't he? He's not. Even if he doesn't produce eight or nine out of ten performances, he can. He gives you that, doesn't he? He does. The, he does the job. Eventually, uh, when the uh, moment is required, he steps up and he does the job for you. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, uh, and also, uh, probably this is down to the new season starting. Uh, he'll take time to warm up because, uh, like Angad rightly mentioned, we had a pretty long season, mm-hmm. and he was yeah. coming from Sporting Lisbon midway. He had a uh, drastically change into the campaign. Then went all the way to Europa League semi-final and all of that. So yeah, he'll take time. If he is delivering the results when he's not in form, watch out when he's eventually warmed up and ready to deliver. Yeah, and burning <laughs> penalties every week. That's that's the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you gotta say it. You know, everybody says it, so we say it as well. Um, we own it. No, I think that's that's the thing. We own we own Bruno's penalties. Um, but <laughs> who was worse? Was it Van Bissaka or was it Pogba? For you, I I can't make up my mind on either one of them. Who was worse? I think Pogba Pogba had a very bad game, and uh, Pogba had a bad game. Yeah, if you uh, if you recall the game, the first touch that he had, he tried to do that spin that he does, and he failed. And you could see that that kind of led on through all the 60 minutes that he played. He had a good, he had a bad game. Uh, his passes did not come off. Uh, even those uh, trademark Pogba passes over the defense for Rashford, they did not come off. 
Juan Bisaka, uh, he was dragged out of position at least three, four times, which uh, March should have scored at least twice uh, from that spot. If you recall, Juan Bisaka was in the central defensive position, not uh, man marking uh, March. Greenwood had to come over and uh, give him the defensive support. Had it not been for Greenwood, we would have considered at least one more goal from the right hand side. But if you're comparing between Juan Bisaka and Pogba, I think Pogba had a much poorer game than than Juan Bisaka. Yeah. It- it's interesting. I think um, it, it just seems like I mean I, I feel that the position that he's playing now is where I think he's if he's going to make anything in Manchester United, that is where he needs to play. Um, do you? But a lot of people are divided on this. Do you think he's playing in the best position that he can play, or do you think he should he should be playing further forward? Uh, I think he's in the right position. Is it? Uh, if I'm correct, that the same position he plays for France, right? Uh, yeah, he kind of he well, he plays right now. He's playing as a right-sided holding midfielder, like in a four-two-three. Yeah. He plays on the right side. In um, yeah. with France, he they generally play four-four-two. As far as I know, they generally play four-four-two. So he's playing as one of yeah. the two midfield two. Um, that's he's a, a floater. He has much more, uh, much more what you can say, uh, license to roam forward. Yeah, yeah, because they're fourth. Yeah, because they're fourth midfield winger. One of their wingers is basically a defensive midfielder. That's kind of how they play. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I don't feel he, he can yeah. play, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's. it's yeah, but what do you think? You think you think that's See, the thing is, I think when when he's playing for France, he has a Kante next to him, you know, which which then gives him that license to go ahead. Whereas I think in this four-two-three-one system, he's he's kind of rigid in his play. You know, that's that's what I think. Because for him, I think if if you play Pogba in a four-three-three, I think that that's if he plays in the middle and he gets that license to go around, similar to how maybe Kai Havertz plays, you know, in a, in a similar way, in a, in a number 10 maybe. Uh, yeah. I think he'll be, he'll be more effective because you can see he's got everything in the book. He's got his shooting, passing, he's got the vision, he's got the tricks, he's got everything. But if you don't utilize him correctly, he'll, you know, he's, he's going to be a hit or a miss, really. So I think I think where he's playing now, he's he's kind of stuck in that position. So he's not going, you know. Maybe the instructions are not clear, or maybe they they. I think they're not getting the best out of him personally. That's that's what I think. Yeah, no, no. There's no doubt they're not getting the best out of him because I hope that's not the best that you get out of him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 funny, and I think we could do a whole video on Paul Pogba, and maybe we will at some point. But uh, we'll talk about uh, Angad. Who do you think uh, was the key performer for Manchester United today? Was it Neil Mopé or was it the crossbar? Which one? <laughs> I, I would say I would say Bruno because he, he's just got that uh, magic, uh, you know, in him. Like I'm going to be there and I'm going to score the penalty. We're going to win the game for United, and and that's all good. So yeah. I'll go for well, they're not even saying score a goal. They're saying score a penalty. They're so sure that <laughs> if Bruno has scored, it's a penalty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when I saw my phone and I got uh, I got the notification, like literally, I was like, Bruno Fernandez has scored, and I was like, oh, this has to be a penalty. Has to be a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I opened my phone. It was a penalty. So yeah, no surprises there. Yeah, well, to but be honest, he, um, he doesn't get himself into many goal-scoring positions. I think these days, I think he's more of a creative player. Like he'll get he's more step. of a creative player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. He he is a goal. He can score long-range goals, but I think there's there's been some kind of indication from Shawshank that this is not the Portuguese league where you can take long ranges. So try to you know less focus more on taking. But also, he he does not have that kind of uh, liberty like he had in Portugal. People in Premier League close you down so much. Yeah. You do not yeah. have that luxury of having two three seconds at the ball. Looking at the goal and then aiming for a shot in Premier League in two seconds you'll be like this. 
and you have to find a pass rather than go for shot all the time yeah and and of course you know a lot of them were deflections or you know goal you know goalkeepers and obviously yeah. the standards of goalkeeping are much higher at least in 19 yeah. of the 20 teams uh, <laughs> who that 28 team is <laughs> just now a good goalkeeper um but okay uh, uh, so angad's going with bruno uh, shashi man of the match for you Oof, tough call i think uh, i'll go for a different choice i'll go for luke shaw he keeps us going uh, through that le- left wing he keeps going for the ni- for the entire 90 minutes and when you see the the stark difference when he is in the playing 11 and when he's not so i would say rashford is uh, we compared Juan Bissaka and pogba i think rashford barring the goal had pretty little to do uh, in today's game as well what did so, that was allowed plus i don't know what oh. bug has got into him where he tries to be the playmaker from a left wing position if you're a left winger, probably your primary aim is to take on your fullback, beat him to the to death, and set up your other attacking players or the players who are making run from the edge of the box. But he is so reluctant to just seeing uh, seeing the ball from the halfway line and trying to feed the ball uh, up above the defensive lines. Yeah, I, I so, wonder if it's the injury, you know, because if you're not trying to run past players, that is more chance for tackle. And that's, you know, I think he's just scared of his injury. He doesn't want to get tackled. I, I, I think that's what it is because... Even against Sevilla, he took he did that run. He got tackled for the penalty, and after that, I didn't that see. That is that is the only explanation we can see. Yeah, I think that's yeah, he's just a little bit at the moment hesitant to make those runs yeah. because he's afraid that people are going to tackle him. So maybe that's why he's trying to be more. He's trying to pass it to try to get one twos. I, mean, I don't know, but you know what? He's got two goals in two games, so you know maybe there is something there. Maybe he's doing. He has that's these goals. So you know, yeah. As long as he's, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, coming back to that man of the match thing, for me it was Luke Shaw. He kept us going. I'll say that. But yes. Yeah. Well, you guys won't say it, so I'll say it. I think the crossbar was the man of the match or person <laughs> of the match. Crossbars can be gender neutral. So yes, the person of the match for me was the crossbar because, yeah, that, I, yeah. No, without that, we don't win. <laughs> it was like two or three one on ones that, yeah, okay, no. Uh, all right, okay, so we'll talk about the second game now. We'll talk about, uh, well, actually, the third game of the day. We'll talk about Chelsea against uh, West Brom. West Brom against Chelsea. Uh, I thought, okay, so I thought, okay, this is, you know, we're going to talk about one of the greatest matches, 3-2. We talked about Leeds 4-3. I thought this United-Brighton game was like the reverse thing, where you talk about great attacking football, Leeds with Liverpool, and then you talk about uh, United uh, versus uh, um, Brighton being like the burst of defensive football. And then, you know, you see Chelsea against Brighton, and it's like, okay, 3-0. All right. Um, uh, it was a game of two halves, Angad. Uh, so yeah. let's start with the first half. What went wrong? Uh, I think um, from the get-go, Chelsea were not uh, on it. I think they were a bit sloppy. You know, they've, I, I think they've gone, they've gone ahead being very overconfident in this game. That's what I thought personally. You know, they were trying to be more flashy. Uh, they were, I, but I think they were definitely missing intent. I mean, yeah, there's, there's been uh, individual errors, defensive errors, which has been the trend for a very long time for Chelsea now. I mean, it's a, if you see last season, you had individual errors from Rudiger, from Zuma. Uh, again, today is the same thing. Like, you know, first goal, Alonso just heads it uh, in the path of the best former attacker. He crosses and then it's a shot. I, I think Caballero could have done better in the first, uh, for the first goal. But uh, it is what it is. But the second one from Thiago Silva, of all the people, you know, it's his yeah. debut. He's, he's your captain straight away, and uh, yeah, it's like that's that's what I mean by you know they were a bit uh, naive to begin with. I think 
you know, if you see the second half, like you said, it's a game of two halves. Uh, the second half, the way Chelsea came out, that intent, that is what was needed from the first minute. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I, I, I think, I think they were, I think Chelsea. Uh, if they've been a bit lucky to get away with the point there. Yeah. I think they were lucky. Yeah, we'll talk about the second half. But Shashi, do you think in that second goal, Thiago Silva realized that now nah, he's in the Premier League and not Linga? That he was like, just <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I, I can just, you know, I, I can just play a pass now, but I can't because it's it's the Premier League. It, it, it was a baptism by fire in some ways, wasn't it? Because he felt a bit casual in that, in that move. Harsh way to learn that Premier League is not uh, like your uh, French League, where you get easy passes week in, week out. So, Absolutely. probably he got that lesson early on and uh, Chelsea fans will be hoping that from the next next weekend out, he'll be much more uh, aware of what is what to expect and what is around him. So, yeah, I think he'll get better. Uh, barring it was, I think it was debut today for Chelsea, official debut? Uh, uh, yeah, I think he played in the Premier League, League debut. Yeah, he Premier played. League debut. So, yeah, uh, he'll get better, he'll get better. Yeah, no, I mean, he's quite experienced and quite, uh, uh, quite tro- uh, trophy-laden uh, player. So, yeah, we expect that. Um, uh, the three goals that Chelsea can see in the first half, and it's it's speechless to think because this is what I read on the match by match. It's like Chelsea have dominated the game, but they've conceded three goals. Talk <laughs> about the third goal because I thought that was that was interesting. Was it was what 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 was Reese James thinking on on that on that goal? Very I much. have no clue. I have no clue. I mean, he's he's played him on side. You can see everybody has uh, they they're a bit ahead of him, and he's he's played like three players on on side. So, but again, I mean, credit to West Ham for that goal. Uh, sorry, West Brom for that goal because it's a, it's a well-worked move. You can tell. You can tell. It's a well-worked move. So, I maybe maybe Reese was a bit naive uh, and he's, he's played them on side, but it's okay. I mean, I, I would say I would give that goal to them because it's a well-worked move. The first and the second goal, definitely not. I mean, the second goal is obviously a gift, but the first one, again, it's, you know, you're talking about defensive errors. And you're talking about blatant defensive errors, like individual mistakes. You know, at this level in the Premier League, you can never get away with that. You can never get away with that. So, yeah. um, Shashi, who do you think impressed you more? Was it uh, Callum Robinson or Mateus Pereira in the first half? Let's say Pereira. Pereira. He he had the uh, game uh, well thought out. And every pass of his was finding the right man. And I don't know if you uh, saw uh, one of his flicks in the second half, where he was on the, I think, left wing touchline. The ball came and he just, he was like this. He flicked it and uh, West Brom almost got in and they scored their fourth goal. So, for me, Pereira was too good today. That's amazing, amazing player uh, that we've heard a lot about. He's a FIFA FIFA legend. I don't know if you guys ever played. (laughs) If you see him, he's like this... Unassuming player, and then suddenly a few years later on career mode, you find that he's like an 80, 85, 86 or something like that level. Where did that guy come from? Um, let's talk about the second half. And Angad, you talked about intent. Uh, how much of that had to do with Aspeliqueta coming on? Because that was one of the two changes, right? Aspeliqueta and Callum Hudson Roy coming on. Um, how, much, how much did those changes do you think impact, make an impact on that intent that you're talking about? Yeah, I think, um, I think in the second half, Frank got it right, I would say, because he's, he's obviously he's taken off uh, Alonso. He's slow, you know. I've I've always said this. Alonso will always struggle in a back four. He's always going to struggle. Uh, you could see in the first game when Lamptey was literally running past him every time, every time. Uh, even today, it's the same thing that happened. So I think he got that right by giving um, you know Aspilicueta on the left side because he he's more assured. You know, he he knows if he's going forward, 
how much should he go forward? Should he really commit that much? Or can he track back? So he, he can balance that left side. But I think, you know, what happened was in the first, in the first half, Chelsea were very one-dimensional. You know, they were always going from the right channel, giving it to Reese James, he's crossing in, and there was, there was no end product to it. So yeah. I think in the first half, that's where they got the tactics wrong. You know, I, I think Frank got it wrong in the first half because there was, there was clearly, there was no play around. You know, you see the second goal, which uh, Callum scored. That's the kind of thing you want Chelsea to play. That's, you know, that, that's what's expected from them. The quick one-two, that's what you want. Not just give it to Reese and then, you know, he's crossing the ball every day. And there's no end product whatsoever. You know, it was just blind crossing. So I think I think the the changes uh, which Frank made, and especially when Callum went on the left side, you know, you see Werner started uh, drifting towards the right after that. I think that made a big difference as well. You know, because for Callum, that's that's his stronger position. You know, when he plays on the on the left, mm-hmm. so he can cut in or he can. Uh, you know, he can shoot, he can play a quick one-two. That's that's his strength. So I think uh, that that goal is going to give him confidence. That's that's what I'm happy for. Really. Yeah. And speaking of Callum's goal, talking about the second goal, let's talk about a couple of the the last two goals of the game. Let's talk about Callum Callum Hudson Odoi's goal. Uh, well worked, I think. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. Um, it, yeah. There was it was a nice little one-two between him and Havertz. Really well done. Yeah. Uh, is that is is that something to build on for both of these guys? Like, uh, should Frank invest in a uh, Hudson Odoi Havertz partnership, giving them more time. Do you think? Do you think uh, Callum Hudson Odoi should be starting more more games now with Havertz? Uh, it's it's difficult. I mean, if you see the guys who are going to come in to the squad, you know, you've got Tulisic, who's got the <laughs> number ten now this year, and then you've got Hakim Ziyech. You know, for, it's going to be extremely hard to displace these two people because you've seen what Tulisic can do. A fit Tulisic is. He's literally on fire. I mean, last season, uh, it was just him and Giroud who's really kept Chelsea in the hunt for the top four. Because otherwise, there was no chance. And with Ziyech, he is, he is quality. I mean, you saw glimpses of that in the first uh, game that they played against, I think, Brighton. Yeah. The, uh, you know. So, you could see that ball that he gave. That's, that's what's expected. You know, he can play a lot deeper. So, he doesn't literally need to hug the flank. He can, he can play a bit deeper. But those diagonal crosses that he gives, yeah, amazing. So I think for Callum to break into this team now is his chance. Obviously, with both of these guys being injured, and I think Frank's spoken about it that he's not seeing that kind of commitment from Callum in training. I think that's that's what the whispers, are, and that's what he said even in his press conferences. So um, I think he needs to grab his opportunity. You know, I mean, Chelsea have let Villian go this year. That's that's keeping a lot of faith in Callum because they've not signed another winger. Well, aside from Zia, but so yeah, of course. I mean, if if you leave, uh, yeah. you know, it's just Pulisic and Hakim Zia, and then there's there's no third winger that Chelsea has, except for of course Callum. So he knows he's going to get his chance, but he needs to grab it now. But I think uh, now maybe yes, you know, Frank can go ahead with Callum playing on the left or on the right, whichever he's comfortable playing it, or maybe they can, uh, you know, swap uh, sides. But um, once, once Pulisic and Zekarel, it's going to be extremely difficult. He'll get his minutes. He's going to get his minutes in the cup games. Um, but, but apart from that, I, I think he'll, he'll find it difficult to break into this side. 
Well, and if he does break in, then that's good because then you've got three top quality wingers, right? So, yeah. nothing wrong with that. And it is also down to the player, I think, uh, whether Hudson Odoi wants to be that third man or the third option behind Pulisic and Ziyad. Well, I hope not. So, I th- yeah. I hope he doesn't want to be and that he wants to push in and become, you know, top. Yeah. That's kind of it. That's yeah. what you want. You want competition in the team, right? Um, let's Absolutely. talk about the third goal. And, and because it's controversial, I'll, I'll ask you, Sashi. Uh, do you think VAR should have overturned that goal? No, it's fine. It's fine. There are fine margins we are talking about. It's fine. And uh, I think on the balance of it, Chelsea probably deserved that equalizer. Nothing more than that. Uh, so, there was yeah. talk of handball uh, in, in, in the build-up. Was that... Um, I, never, I don't know. There was talk about, about handball. From Harvard. Yeah. 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 But then again, uh, rules are different for defenders and attackers. So... Rules are rules. Well, if it's a handball in attack, the, uh, the, the play goes stare immediately, whether it's intentional mm. or not, right? That's mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it, uh, I think we've seen a couple of the controversial decisions today with VAR. So, uh, yeah. but uh, under the goal uh, was coming. The goal was coming. I mean, Chelsea were battering West Brom for the best part of last 10-12 minutes. And uh, you could even see that they had, I think, a minute spare after they got the equalizer. Yeah. And I was thinking, uh, theme of this conversation is going to be the same. Uh, losing, 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 and then just grabbing all three points by literally in the last minute. Yeah, well, thankfully, not, yeah, with just an equalizer. Not every team can do that. Uh, <laughs> 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 and then, uh, what did you feel on that third goal? Uh, what was your uh, emo- you know, just, you just walk us through as a fan, like, what were you thinking on that, like in the build up to that third goal? It's like, uh, yeah, I, I had this gut feeling, it was coming. Like Sashi said, yeah, it was, you know, Chelsea weren't all, all over them. You know, they were, there was attack after attack. And, and you could see that they really wanted this. And it's going to do them some real good. You know, losing three points is obviously it's going to be devastating. But to come back three goals, walk away with the points, I think they'll take a lot of positives from this game. Especially at the start of the game, if we say 3-3 Chelsea-West Brom, would you say it was uh, without the con- knowing the context of the game? Would you say it was a point gained or, or two points dropped? Two points As, dropped. Two, two points dropped. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, uh, but uh, but do, you, do you change that assessment now? Seeing them come back from three zero to three three, does it? Fe- I mean, it is one of those draws that feels like a win, doesn't it? But if, uh, you're, trailing, but, if you're trailing by like three goals at halftime, and if you make a comeback, it's obviously it's obviously a point gain, no matter which team you're you were up against. So yeah, they did well to recover the point. But then again, uh, with Chelsea, every game they play this season, there will be that factor of making six, seven signings. So if eight. even if the performance, eight, okay, I was just being, I was, I, I was, I was, you know, I forgotten the count. Is it seven? Is it eight? I don't know. I was being kind of younger. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even remember how many it is. I know. I think it's seven now. I don't know. Maybe eight, eight seven. signings. I think. Yeah, uh, maybe if you count Mendy in now, I think it's eight now. Yeah. Eight, yeah. Let's, let's let's do a count. So we got Ziyech, we got uh, Havertz, we got Werner, we got Saar. Uh, Saar, that's four. We got Silva. Silva, Ben Chilva. Chilva is six. Mendy is seven. Yeah. Mendy is seven. And we got an eight. Silva. I'm sorry, uh, I know I can't still already. And then uh, that Javier Muyamba, that uh, defender. Is he okay, he's, he's counting eight. So it's eight. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, again. Okay. No, that Muyamba is that like is that a youth youth defender? Uh, yeah, I think he's a he's a Barcelona defender. I think he's under under eighteen. I don't think oh, he's in the first team. So seven, yeah. So seven. So seven first team signings. Yeah. So even yeah. if their performance is subpar, they'll be questioned uh, fiercely. But then again, Frank is an English manager. Uh, media is 
kind of uh, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be. Yeah. So we'll not hear that many uh, things being said that okay, Chelsea have made seven signings and they're not clicking. Had it been United, you would have said okay, Ole is does Ole not know out. how to manage. Oh, Ole, Ole out, yeah. Ole, Ole does not know how to manage. Yeah. No, so I, Frank will get his time. Frank will get his time to uh, let all the stars set in into the system that he wants out. But again, even for a for an English manager like him, uh, like a legend of the game for English football, if things do not turn out the way fans and experts have thought that Chelsea would be the top contender, let's say of top two and top three, then pressure will get to Chelsea. Every every performance, every game that they play, they'll be scrutinized, unlike any other team. Yeah, well, Lampard is a rare, rare breed, and yeah, he's an English manager for a top six club. That is, I did, yeah, I can't remember the last time there was an English manager of one of the top six clubs. And I think he, I think people genuine, genuinely believe that he could be the first English manager to win the Premier League. Incredibly, no English manager has ever won the Premier League. Think about that oh, for wow. a second. Yeah, that's 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 where that's the weight that he carries. Um, but under, I think one fun, one observation that I had is we look at the first half; they were three 0 down. They come back in the second half, three three. Is yeah. is there a feeling? This is my feeling, person. I don't know if you and I want to know if you agree with this. Is do Lamp does does Chelsea play better? Does Frank Lampard do better when he has to be on attack without thinking about defense, or is it was it just the circumstances in this game? Like, is it is he is he someone who prefers to attack and 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 you know and not have to worry about defense? That's when you really see the best of him and of Chelsea, or was it just you know a one-off thing? Because I I, I thought that Chelsea played in the second half because they didn't have to think about defense. It didn't matter. Three yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. What did you think? What do you make of that? I mean, to an extent, if you see Frank, um, the way he sets up, I think he sets up his team to attack. He's he's not he's not a pragmatic manager, so to speak. In terms of defense, I think see, it's a balance. You know, it's always going to be a balance. If they can get the balance right, then of course, you, you know, that that's your recipe for success, really. But uh, in terms of defense, I think he's been let down at times. You know, individual errors like uh, last game. Let's say the last game against Liverpool, for example. I mean, uh, that rugby tackle from Christensen. It's uh, it's ridiculous. You know, it, it, your your Sunday league defenders might do that and get away with it. You know, not in the Premier League. Like he's he's lost the game for Chelsea there. You know, so. For Frank, I don't think these these things you cannot coach uh, these top defenders. You know, they, this has to come from instinct, and that's that's poor decision making from from his end. And I think a lot of this, even even last season, if you see, there were a lot of individual defensive errors. I mean, okay, as a as a team, if you're not defending well, you know, then then maybe it's down to the manager that the manager can say, right, he's not getting their tactics right. He's not, you know, he's not setting them up. Correctly in 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 defense, maybe you know you you've seen a lot of the blame has been put on Kepa as well, right? Uh, rightly so. <laughs> yes, of course, rightly so. Because you see, he's you know you can only teach that much. You can't coach a, a player further than that. So I think Frank has been let down by by these individual errors and and these things. But uh, I think he's learning this season. I think he's he's already realized that, and you could see. In the first half against Liverpool, that's when I saw, you know, Chelsea were defensive. They they were they were organized. They were defensive. They were they were not attacking, but they were shrewd. They said, right, you know, let's sit back, let's wait, let's see how the game goes, and we'll hit them on the counter. You know, we've got Timo space, so we can utilize that. And I think it was to an extent Frank got it right. Of course, the game got lost then. Today's game, of course, again boils down to individual errors. So you're going. 
you're doing the same thing you know uh, maybe maybe a bit of naivety to begin with uh, with this game because you've seen that last season as well you know um the games against bournemouth last season for example in the two games that chelsea played bournemouth they picked up one point you know and bournemouth has been relegated so west ham for example last season west ham has fought relegation you know, they were they were they were right there and chelsea picked up zero points from them in both their games so it's like you know you're going you're going into these games uh, you're dropping points you know you should not be doing that especially when you want to be fighting for the top 4 knowing now this season that uh, you know liverpool are strong city are strong everton are looking phenomenal you know yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Spurs, spurs have made good signings for for a change you know they they are looking and they have been getting the results and scoring the goals if it's yeah. it's a matter of if with spurs if bale clicks Spurs are doing so good exactly. they're playing the golfer so I'm saying <laughs> 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 no I'm just I'm just trying some shit so, you know wolves are good this see, see you see around around the top 6 7 there, there are teams that are going to give you a run for your money so when you're playing the likes of let's say west brom you, you have to bury it there's, there's no excuse to that yeah. so it will be a long season i think see the thing is frank might say right you know we don't have a first team squad we've not had a best 11 yet on the field so it could be a bit harsh yes but with this quality you should be bearing west uh, west you know yeah. there's no excuse to that um yeah so running your time i do have a quick few quick questions to ask so shashi man of the match for you uh for today could be chelsea could be west from the man of the match um, i would say man of the match would be havertz for me havertz he's, uh-huh. uh, he's not had his best game so to speak but he was there he was he was Uh, making the right runs, you know, he had his hand in two of the goals, and in third goal he had his hand as well. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, literally. Ah, uh, Sashi. I think Arsene Wenger. He kind of changed the game for Chelsea when he came in the second half. And again, I would say Espelicueta calmed Chelsea's defense down when he was there. Uh, like he could be one of the most reliable defenders in the last seven to eight seasons that we have in the Premier League. When he was there, he calmed the defense out. Him and Hudson Odoi probably sorted the left wing, which was kind of uh, giving Chelsea some uh, concerns in the first half. So I think yeah, both of them they were my picks in the second half. Yeah, um, there was a third game. We can't really uh, dissect that, but very quickly, Everton once again winning against Crystal Palace. Uh, yeah. Are they are they are they a contender for top four now? You would, I mean, it's still only three games in, but uh, too early too early to say. We I think every season we have a team like that who just. breaks into the top four stays there for six games and the they blow out of steam and they're just like tin 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 they're further away in the league so probably i think they'll finish in the top six they definitely have the squad they have the manager uh, probably the most important thing they have the manager and with hamas coming in and then that hunger of proving himself as a quality player again probably he'll take them uh, better than what the, their fans had uh, expected when the season started so yeah top six for me not top four Angad, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd say top six. Yeah, top four is is really hard. It, that's that's really pushing it too far. But I think top six definitely they can do it. They've got the right start. You know, they've beaten Spurs uh, away. Yeah, and uh, and you know the Charleston is looking good now. Calvert Lewin is looking good. He's he's looking on fire. Uh, of course, like Sashi said, you know James has come in and he wants to prove himself. You know. Um, they've got the right manager he, he's 
he's a top quality manager definitely i mean i've I've, I've, said this, I've, I've said this before sorry from a chelsea manager oh yeah 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 everyone's managed chelsea you know at some point so um it's uh, see i've 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 said this in the past that you know uh, the likes of jose and uh, ancelotti are past their prime really i mean i i had this view um, and I, i thought there was a reason you know he's managing the likes of everton and jose is managing the likes of spurs if these these are managers who should be managing like uh, the, the the cream of of the league really but uh, i think even for ancelotti now now is his time because i think he's he, he kind of flopped when he was at napoli um, you know so it, even for him it's like a season for redemption really so he needs to prove that you know he's he's still up there so i think top 6 would be a good achievement yeah um if they make it to top four I'd, i'd really be surprised but but i think they should be good enough for top six yeah i think the next factor will be europe uh, and how the champions thing the europa leagues play out this season because they're going to be packed calendars um but yeah. we'll see we'll see how that goes uh, thank you so much guys for joining me today i think we've uh, got a lot of going i think this was yeah and this was a much much different vibe from the last week's uh, reaction shows because we had uh, we didn't have two very good games today but thank you so much anga thank you so much sachi for joining us uh, thank, thanks for having me yeah, really, having yeah i really enjoyed uh, you having you guys on the show it's wonderful uh, guys if you like that video please remember to hit the like uh, and also share with your friends family uh, we appreciate that so please do that and if you're new please remember to subscribe to the channel we crossed 80 subscribers in the last video so yay uh, now you want to move on to 90 so you know we're greedy so help us get to 90 again the small goals I hope us get to 90 so please remember to subscribe to the channel if you're new uh thank you so much uh, anga thank you so much sashi uh, enjoy right. the weekend bye guys yeah bye. and uh, we'll see you again uh, soon all right take care bye bye right. cheers bye okay Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to that episode of Late Night Football. We need your help to grow this channel. So if you've been enjoying the show thus far, please do like and subscribe to this channel and share it with your friends, family, colleagues, neighbors, drinking buddies, fellow football fans, and anybody else you know or don't know. We really appreciate it. Uh, please also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We have the links in the description below and spread the word about us. Take care. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So, I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.